in a moment. But here's my question for you. Are you a disciple? See, a disciple is somebody who has chosen to learn from Jesus and follow Jesus. And here's the thing. If you are a disciple of Jesus, then Jesus wants to explain to you the most profound things ever. But if you do not want to be a disciple, don't get upset if you don't understand because you don't really want to understand. The Bible is full of mysteries. As Pastor Daniel begins a new message series today, he'll tell you about the mystery of Jesus' parables. Jesus told legendary stories that were a great lesson in what God was doing, but couldn't be understood. The explanation given is that Jesus only wanted to reveal his truth to those devoted to following him. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you can know his word. Simply ask him to reveal his truth to you today. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, as he begins his message, Why Jesus Speaks in Parables. When you hear the word legend or legends, what do you think about? I mean, for all of us, you hear a word like that. You think of somebody who has done something so iconically that it becomes a story. I mean, depending on what generation you're from, you have all these different people who were legends. I remember growing up, you know, Willie Mays was a legend. You know, I remember seeing those videos of Willie Mays' over-the-shoulder catch on the polo grounds in New York before the Giants defected and moved to San Francisco, you know? And I remember my grandfather telling those stories. Like, it's easy to think of athletes who have done legendary things like, you know, uh, in basketball, Michael Jordan. I remember where I was when he drained that fourth quarter shot against the Utah Jazz in the sixth game of the finals. I was actually in a hotel room in Salt Lake City. And I remember watching that and being like, I better stay here in this room for the rest of the night. Because <laughs> that one shot, you know, and just and him holding it there, and I'm like, oh, this game is over. I remember when LeBron James a few years ago, when he blocked that shot and then went down and dunked that basket, you know, for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they won their first championship. And I'm like, man, what a legend, right? And you think it's somebody who does something so profound that it's almost like the stories of the things that they've done begins to go before them and it amplifies as time goes by. When I think of a legend in my own life, one of those stories that gets bigger than maybe it really is, I always think, of course, of my bride, Lynn, her uncle, John. So I remember when Lynn and I, when God brought us together and when we got engaged, I knew that Uncle John wanted to give me a talking to. Now, I knew this because everybody said, have you met Uncle John yet? Have you met Uncle John yet? Uncle John is looking for you. Uncle John wants to talk to you. And I remember it became like this thing that it was like it was getting big. I'm like, man, it's Uncle John. I started getting myself a little nervous. Because I'm like, well, who's this Uncle John? And I was like, oh, man, wait till you meet Uncle John. Uncle John is going to lay into you. Like, it was like everybody was just building this thing up. And I'm just, and I was getting nervous. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm all Italian from New Jersey. This guy's from California. Like, it's going to be fine, you know? 
And so finally, we're, we're at a wedding, and Lynn and I had just gotten engaged, and literally, like, the fifth person came up to me and was like, oh, man, Uncle John is looking for you. And finally, I'm like, forget this Uncle John person. Who's this Uncle John? And I remember, I asked him, like, where's Uncle John? And there's this guy who's sitting down, and there's all these people. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I got to fix this right now. So I walked on over, and I sat down on Uncle John's lap, and I gave him the biggest kiss he ever got from a dude he didn't know. <laughs> right on the cheek. And I said, hey, Uncle John, my name is Daniel. I just got engaged to your niece, Lynn. I heard you're looking for me. <laughs> and Uncle John got so red in the face. Literally, he got red in the face. He didn't say anything. And then it was so funny because he chuckled and he said, uh-huh, good one. <laughs> and then Uncle John laid into me, you know? And like, as a dad, I can respect it. I mean, he's like, you know, Lynn is his only niece. And he's like, man, who? No, how do you think you can provide for my niece, Lynn, in the way that she deserves? And I'm like, well, you know, like, I'm a church planner, so I really can't. So I'm hoping you'll help, you know? <laughs> and I didn't really say that. But, it, but you know, I was, like, I, was, I was planning a church in New Jersey, and I was actually working as a waiter in a restaurant to help supplement my income so I can get this church off the ground. And he's like, man, what kind of prospects does she have? You know, marrying a pastor who doesn't even have a church. He's working as a waiter. And Uncle John was really, like, laying into me. You know what I mean? But what was funny is, is that the legend of Uncle John, I mean, Aunt and Uncle John's a good dude, and we're good friends now. You know what I mean? But like in that moment, it was like the, the legend of Uncle John. And the story of who he was kind of preceded him. And it was funny now, as I was like, I mean, Uncle John is just serious, but he's just a sweetheart of a guy, just the nicest guy. And, you know, and even the last time I saw him to, to close the story, he's like, you know, I'm really happy that I didn't scare you away because you're a good man. And I'm like, yes, yes. It only took 14 years. <laughs> But I bring this up because the idea of a legend, it's a person or a situation that a story now grows out of it. Now, also, if you think of the word legend, some of you, and, and it's probably not a lot of you, but some of you like maps, right? And a legend on a map is a little section in the map which gives you all, like, what do all the symbols mean, right? Like, if you look at a map and there's, these, oh, that's a campground, and that's a bridge, and that's a this thing, and that's the visitor center, right? That's on the map as well. Now, the reason I bring this up is because today we're starting a brand new series that we're calling Legends, And really what we're going to be doing is we're going to be studying the parables of Jesus, those stories that Jesus told. And what we're going to find is actually these legends, as we're calling them, actually function in all the different ways we talk about legends. Like obviously Jesus is the ultimate person who has stories told about him, right? And so Jesus as a legendary figure, the ultimate legend, really. But then he also told these stories, And these stories are meant to convey truth that can only be conveyed in these ways. Also, with the idea of the decoder of the map, those parables of Jesus have a way to be able to explain to us the most important pieces of life. And so we're going to be looking at all these things in regards to legend. Now, I need to say it up front because someone's bound to say, well, legends are not true. And are you saying the parables are not true? No, the parables are very true. And Jesus said these things. So they're not fictitious stories. These are real things that the son of God said. But at the basic, a legend is a story. Now, the idea of the parable, Jesus spoke oftentimes in parables. Now, what is a parable? Now, the word parable is literally two Greek words that are put together. The word para and the word balo. So what is parabola? The word para literally means alongside. And balo literally means to throw. Balo is where we get the word what from? Ball. 
So a parable literally is to throw alongside. So really what it means is that Jesus is taking these huge spiritual truths and he's throwing them alongside the most basic stories that anybody can understand. So a parable is a story. And we're going to be exploring these parables together. Now, in order to do that, I know you're all like, okay, which one are we doing today? Today, I'm actually going to give you a foundation for why Jesus spoke in parables in the first place. You're actually not going to get one of these parables in today's message. Someone say, oh, go ahead. You'll get it next week, so okay? So hang in there. But you want to be able to understand why did Jesus choose to teach in these ways in the first place? So in order to get at that, open up in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be taking verses 10 to 17, and then also verses 34 and 35. So open up your Bibles. Of course, the book of Matthew is the very first book in what we call the New Testament. It's the first telling of the story of Jesus. Now, picking up in verse 10, it says this. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and he said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, we'll stop right there. Now, what's interesting here is Jesus just shared the parable of what we commonly call the parable of the sower. I think it would be better titled the parable of the soils. And we'll get to that in a subsequent message. But Jesus now, he begins to tell these parables. And you got to love the disciples because the disciples roll up and they ask Jesus, so teacher, why are you speaking to everybody in parables right now? Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I got super excited because I'm like, yes. Because the disciples ask an important question to get clarification on what Jesus is doing, and Jesus answered. I don't know about you, but I wish that the disciples asked Jesus that more in the Bible. Can you imagine how many things that people who follow Jesus fight about that Jesus could have cleared up if one of the disciples came and said, hey, Jesus, what do you mean by that? So there's actually one place in the Bible where Jesus is like, do you understand these things? And the disciples are like, yes. And I'm like, no. Why? Because if they would have said, no, Jesus, we don't understand, he probably would have explained it to them. We'd have it in the scripture. We'd know exactly what it means. But I'm super stoked with the disciples. Like, so Jesus, so why are you teaching them in parables? He hadn't been doing that before. Now all of a sudden, Jesus is speaking them in parables and he begins to explain to them why. Now notice what he says. He says, because, this is verse 11, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So do you want to know why Jesus, one of the reasons Jesus spoke in parables? Simply that those who God wants to know will know. Jesus spoke in parables so that those who God wants to know, they will know these things. Now, does that sound kind of strange? I mean, think about that for a second. Jesus spoke these stories, these thrown alongside tales, so that the people who God wants to understand will understand, and subsequently the people who don't want to understand won't. Now, doesn't that surprise you? It surprised me. I remember the first time I read this, I thought to myself, wait a second. So God doesn't want everyone to know? So God, what it's actually saying here is that God speaks in parables that those 
who follow him will really understand and those who don't really won't. And even what they do understand is going to get cloudy for them. And the answer is absolutely. See, oftentimes God does not do what you think he should do. This sounds like God is acting in a paradoxical way. That God is acting in an unequitable way. Now, write those words down. Paradoxical and unequitable. Because you'll get extra points on Scrabble. Good words. Words with friends, if anyone still plays it. Good word. And I think that they're actual words. Right? Really what it means is God doesn't do what you think he should do. Because we live in a day and age where they go, oh, so everyone should learn the same thing. Everyone should know the same stuff. And you're telling me that he who has, God will give more. And that person will have abundance. And he who doesn't, whatever he has is going to be taken away from him. Like, how's that fair? And guess what? What you're realizing here is that Jesus spoke in parables so that not everybody has the same experience. Isn't that shocking? See, that's why I wanted to start with the series with this. Because I wanted to get this out of the way. Now, here's why. Notice, he said his disciples came to him. The people who were following Jesus. The people who said, I'm going to do life with you, Jesus. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. And wherever you put your head, I'm going to place my head. And I'm going to learn who God is by following you and seeing what you do. And they came and said, why do you speak to the people in parable? He says, because to you, my disciples, it has been given that you know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now that word mystery, we hear mystery, we think of like, you know, America's got talent and the stage goes dark and there's a little smoke and someone's doing something that you're like, I don't know how that person did that. But in the Bible, a mystery is a truth that has always been that God has chosen to reveal and unpack now. And he's saying, look, my disciples, God wants you to understand what he's doing. But those who are not my disciples, they're not going to understand. They're not supposed to understand. Now, we're going to see why that's the case in a moment. But here's my question for you. Are you a disciple? See, a disciple is somebody who has chosen to learn from Jesus and follow Jesus. And here's the thing. If you are a disciple of Jesus, then Jesus wants to explain to you the most profound things ever. But if you do not want to be a disciple, don't get upset if you don't understand. Because you don't really want to understand. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter... But it is the glory of kings to search a matter out. Isn't that a strange proverb? That God is glorified by being secretive, being mysterious. And it is the glory of somebody who is revered to search a matter out. See, we think that God will be glorified if everyone gets everything that they want right as they want it. But now it says it's God's glory to be more secretive and reserved. And it's to the glory of a person to seek a matter out and to understand that secret. Why? Here's the thing. If you really want to know somebody, like really deeply, intimately know them, you need to pursue that, don't you? And if you really say, I want to know somebody, but you don't want to spend any time with them, then do you really want to know them? I mean, you can't think that you would have the most profound knowledge of somebody if you don't spend any time with them. And in the same way, see, for the follower of Jesus, you're saying, God, I want to follow Jesus. And I've got to say, because you're following me, I want to reveal to you the most amazing things. But if you don't want to, why would I share my secrets with you? See, if it's not true in the physical, how would it ever be true in the spiritual? So here's the thing. We shouldn't be shocked if people don't understand who Jesus is. 
We shouldn't be shocked if people don't get what God is up to. Because according to the Bible, those who God wants to know will know. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. This is all happening at a moment in time. Jesus' ministry is just beginning. And Jesus already has a ton of opposition from the Pharisees. Already. You have the disciples, they're following Jesus. The Pharisees are already actively pushing against Jesus' ministry, and the common people are hearing him gladly. So really, the parables function. The common people love this stuff, but the religious leaders who didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus, they're not going to get it anyway. All through the scriptures, you find the Pharisees being like, they perceived that he was telling that parable against them. See, so what's going on here is that God wants to be revealed, but God can only be revealed when we want him to reveal himself. Let me give you an example of this. You guys are going to love it or not love it, but I think this is real and this is humanity. How many times has somebody ever called you on something and you knew that they were right, but you didn't feel like hearing it? Nobody, right? I was like, oh no, right? Like someone's just like, you know that that's a bad decision. No, it's not. It's a good decision. Even though deep inside you're like, you know, it's a bad decision. Right? But you're like, why are you judging me? But deep down in your heart, you know that you're making a bad decision. And your friend loves you enough to tell you it's a bad decision. But you're like, uh-uh. Right? This is the kind of stuff that was going on. See, the reality for each one of us is that God wants to reveal himself. God wants you to understand. He says, look, even what you have, I'll give you more that you might have an abundance of understanding of who God is. But you have to want it. And what God is doing here is he's obscuring the truth by those who do not want to understand. Now, I realize that for some of you right now, you're here at Crossroads, and you wouldn't consider yourself a disciple of Jesus or a follower of Jesus. And I realize that there are all sorts of real reasons why you would do that, right? I don't want to diminish or dismiss any of those. Because everybody's real, you know, maybe along the way you got hurt at church or you had a, you know, a family member who was Christian, but they were horrible. Or you have your own set of questions that you bring in. And obviously we live in a culture that doesn't think that you should follow Jesus and is trying to do life without Jesus and shocked why the world is all jacked up when you're trying to live life without the son of God. You know, and so we have all these cultural reasons and personal reasons and, you know, educational reasons. But here's what I want to tell you. If you choose not to follow Jesus, don't be shocked that you don't understand what Jesus is up to. And don't be shocked that God's word seems illogical to you because that's exactly why it's there. But if you wanted to understand, if you were to choose to follow Jesus, then he wants to reveal this stuff to you. But the reason you don't understand is because you really don't want to understand because you're not willing to understand. Now, we're going to unpack that in a second. And I know you might say, well, how dare you say that to me? I'm not actually saying it. It's in the book. I'm just laying it out for you because we believe here at Crossroads and being real about it. Like, I'm not going to tell you, oh, listen, you don't believe in Jesus, but you're going to understand everything about Jesus. No, you're not going to understand very much at all. And what you do understand, you really don't understand. Because Jesus' teaching is designed to make sure you don't understand because you're not following him. The secrets that he wants to give only come as part of the family. Like, so there's this restaurant that uh, we love to go to when we lived in the Bay Area. Whenever we go down there, we always go there. This restaurant's called Soul Food, right? So Soul Food is Puerto Rican food. And they make these pink beans that are, even if you don't like beans, you would love these. So every time I go in there, I try and like grab one of the people there and I start chatting them up and put my schmooze on because I want the pink bean recipe because we don't live there. I even kicked it last time I saw them. I'm like, listen, we don't even live in the area. We're not going to open up like a soul food Northwest. You know, like, can I just get the recipe? And you know what they say? There's like, actually, nobody knows the recipe except for the chef and the son of the owner. 
and they make the beans before anyone gets here. I'm like, stop. <laughs> and they're like, no. I'm like, I'm like, didn't you ever think to put like a nanny cam in there or something? Like, we can get that recipe here, you know? And they're like, they're like nobody. It's a family secret. Now, if Soul Food's willing to do that for pink beans, how much more the son of God, amen? <laughs> now, I could argue, listen, you got to give me the recipe. I love this food. I live, so, I live 10 hours away. Please, please. And they're like, yeah, sorry. You just got to come down and eat the beans. <laughs> Same is true. But listen, the parables are designed that those who God wants to know, they'll know. Now, remember we said that the problem is in our hearts. The problem is that some of us don't want to know. Jesus actually says that next, because look at what he says. If we pick up in verse 13 of chapter 13, Jesus says this, therefore, now notice the therefore, what do we say when we see a therefore? What's it there for? You guys are good Bible students. Therefore is a concluding word. When someone says therefore, they're concluding a statement. So because the parables exist that those who God wants to know will know, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and you shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the heart's of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now, you hear what he says. He says, therefore, the reason I speak in parables is because the people have eyes to see, but they don't want to see. They have ears to hear, and they don't want to hear. They have hearts that have the capacity to understand, but their hearts have gotten hard. Right? So what he's saying is the reason these parables work is not because God doesn't want to see everyone get saved, but because each person is responsible to make their own decisions on what you're going to do with the information you've been given. And when you have eyes that are designed to see, but you're closing them shut, or you're pretending that what you're seeing is not real, when you have ears that can hear, you have all of the capacity to hear, but you're not willing to understand what you're hearing. If you have a heart that is designed to perceive the very truths of existence, but you're not willing to allow God to reveal himself, then guess what? You're never going to understand. And that's why in light of this, if we're going to take this text and we're going to put legs on it in our own lives, the simple question is this, that you and I, we need to ask God for revelation. Jesus is real. There are mysteries in the Bible you've probably already written off as too difficult to figure out. You may have even started to think that about the whole Bible. In today's message, though, Pastor Daniel revealed that you can understand what God has written in the Word. God wants to share His truth and love with His devoted followers. All you need to do is ask. Today, spend some time with the Holy Spirit learning from the Word. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. 
amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400. And we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED. S-A-V-E-D to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will challenge you to ask God to reveal himself. That might seem scary, but it's a worthwhile endeavor if you want to learn more about your creator. He has so much to share with you and so much blessing to heap upon you. Join us next time for some tips on spending time with the Lord, some lessons from His Word, and some encouragement to let Him love you deeply. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series, Legends. Until then, may God bless.